Welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and as you know by now, I enjoy interviewing people from Saigon, Vietnam, and also all around the world on a wide variety of topics, which recently has me in a health and fitness kind of bracket, and I'm looking forward to welcome back a recurring guest as a result of this. It is Mr. Ricky Sani, who appeared in December 2021, and we're just going to dive a little bit deeper, I suppose, into his 2022, his fitness journey, and see where we go. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Thank you for having me back, and uh, I'm I'm good. Been quite busy. Yeah. Actually, we were trying to schedule it for a very long time, right? Absolutely. And uh, honestly, I think my bad that <laughs> every time you say, "Okay, are you free on a certain date?" and I'm like, "Yeah, maybe, yeah, okay," and then because even I don't know how my schedule is gonna be like. Yeah, it's so, quite crazy, especially this year, 2022, <coughs> when the borders opened again. So we can go to other countries like that's true. like that. And when we last spoke, <coughs> everything was closed, and we were still kind of just coming out of the lockdown. So yeah. it's you know made us even more busy. The fact that we can leave Vietnam, which I believe you've done a few times, is that correct? Yes. Yes. All I think almost three, four times. Okay. Ever since the lockdown was lifted, but I think it's it's a different lifetime, right? Like. Last year, 2021, and this year, it just feels different because the border, as you said, it's been lifted, the restrictions. So I think in, if I have to sum up the year till now, busy. <laughs> I love that. <coughs> busy. <laughs> when we say busy, good busy, bad busy, how would you describe the busy? I think it's a state of mind. For me, it's good busy because if you're not busy, then I think you're wasting time, right? You're not being productive. And for me, I can talk about me as a person, I think I sometimes lose the perspective of how much I can take, if you know what that means. Like so. at, at one point, I just say yes to everything. And then I start to feel that burn of doing a lot of things at one point of time. But then I kind of tell myself this story all the time that, listen, it's better that you're busy rather than you are not busy. Because when you don't have anything to do, then, you know, you kind of feel, especially in a different country, right? If this is your own country, you're living with the family, you can slack a little bit. And you say, you know, my, I got my parents to take care of me or I got my brother and sister. While in a different country, you want to maximize, that's the word. I just want to maximize every single opportunity that I'm getting. So 2021, mm. 2022, it's been quite busy. Absolutely. I yeah. completely agree with you on both counts where living in a new country, one day you may leave and you'll have this expat experience and if you did nothing and just dust and watch netflix like what were you what are you going to talk about the reason i say it, i'm writing my book on my vietnam journey and being mindful of that it means i can fill the pages as i go along like with oh, what that's I do. really cool yeah i quite enjoy like the reflective process of looking back when i came to vietnam why i'm still here what's going next and just seeing the process and i've been at both scales of what you've talked about where i've been too busy at times and overworked myself and I know it's coming but I still can't stop almost it's like a workaholism <laughs> yeah but I've also been that dosser who does nothing and I mean absolutely nothing and being at both spectrums when I am in workaholism mode I'm really grateful that I'm busy because I have stuff to keep me occupied because when you have nothing it's fucking shit you know yeah. you don't want to wake up so it's good to be busy so if you have a choice to take you would actually take that one where yeah. you work and you get burned out yeah Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's not a good thing, but I would <laughs> I'd rather choose that, right? Yeah, yeah. Rather than just sitting at home and doing nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's idleness. And I think if you ask most people after the lockdown, they'd probably go for the productivity overload as well. Because, I mean, let's say you know, it's, it's a lot more fun, right? So either way, it's not good. We're not advising workaholism. <laughs> yeah, not at all, not yeah. at all. But if you get to that point, then at least you've earned your rest. So when you have your rest, it's done. But if all you're doing is resting, and the slightest bit of productivity will feel like a challenge. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely right. And I think for most of us who are workaholics or who are professionals, uh, last two years of lockdown, I mean, how much more rest do we need? Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had enough rest. We started, I mean, I started doing different stuff in my life, which I never thought I would do, like uh, podcasting, you know. And I think for me, that was... Uh, one like it's like you fall in love for one and then it never happens again so in lockdown I was doing podcasting and I was running and everything but that's what I just was trying to tell you that you're so good that you're continuing with this and you know you're going through the interviews and then you're creating and recreating something new and for me as soon as the lockdown was lifted I'm like 
okay, bye-bye. I'll go back to my <laughs> regular work. Regular work. But yeah. that, might, that might be good, though, because, like, say podcasting <coughs> was a new hobby for you, yeah. it might be something that, you know, you could trial and might might just be a lockdown thing. I think that's fine. It doesn't have to be, like, a lifestyle. I think the reason why it has been for me is because I used to be a journalism student. So, and I want to be a journalist. I want to be very, very good at this. Yeah. So this is more like my work, shall we say. So yeah. that's why I've continued. And I suppose it's like you with your fitness. It's like, that's your kind of work. That's your, let's say, bread and butter. That's your mainstay. Yeah. So I suppose yeah. that's you know what your focus is. And if podcasting comes up for a bit, great. But as long as you've got your fitness, you've got that main body of work to look at, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's why 2022 has been all about fitness, has been all about racing again. And uh, as you mentioned before, I started running with sandals, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, when I saw that, this is someone who's like quite a beginner runner. I thought like the idea of running these kind of races just normally is fairly, you know, fairly challenging in the mind. But running with sandals, like why, how, do you mind? can you tell me more? I just wanted to be different, bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Basically, this started with one of my really good friends from India and uh, I think in 2017 his wife gifted him these pair of Luna sandals and the story goes way back because these sandals back then when I got to know about it, uh, he was giving me all these, you know, stories like, you know, a really excited kid. He's like, no, look at the sandals and these one, you know, are from uh, Mech inspired by Mexican Tarahuma runners who run in the sandals made out of uh, tires of the car and uh, there is a book on it. And then I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, please calm down. We've been buying shoes all our life and now you're telling me that, you know, these sandals are going to change your life and the way that you look at the shoes. And uh, I could never be, you know, more wrong about the whole idea because when he shared with me and the same year, one of uh, ex-colleague, he gifted me that book and um, I, I cannot remember what's the name of the book, but it's, I'll, I'll tell you later, but that book actually changed the way that I think about running because honestly, I don't like running, but I do races and I run because it's a habit for me to that I want to change I want to challenge myself and uh, unlike other people who talk about the running all the time for me I just keep quiet go for the race and you know put myself into that half an hour one hour of hell and then when I come out then I kind of congratulate myself and say I survived yeah. okay when is the next one let's try so uh, so these sandals I didn't buy up until 2020 so all of this new things happened during the lockdown, right? Mm. I, I had some money in the bank account and I was like, you know, shit, I need to spend some money because I'm getting that itchy. You know, we get that yeah, feeling, right? You do. So I went online, I ordered these sandals and then when I got these sandals, it, it actually takes two to three weeks for you to get used to it because with the shoes, your feet is always under some kind of restriction, right? So to feel that freedom with the sandals, and to kind of go fast with this, it's a very different feeling. But I mean, slowly and steadily you start running and then you realize that, I mean, this is me. I realized that my knee pain was gone. I have literally touched with no knee pain. My ankle, uh, my joints, lower body strength, it's tremendous. Just because I was running with the sandals. Now people might think that you're, you know, I'm just saying it just to promote these sandals. I get no money from it. They don't promote me. I don't promote them. I'm, I mean, I promote them indirectly, but I never go online and say buy these sandals, right? But something about it, like that brings us back to the root where we were as primates, as you know, as natural creatures, where we started using shoes and we started giving ourselves those extra protection, which we actually don't need. The body's smart enough to understand. And this was one of the things in the book where you know it was written that the body learns you just need to take it slow take it easy and then your body kind of adapts to it so uh, 2020 2021 i was running almost a uh, half marathon with the sandals in the mountains and uh, that prepared me for a lot of races so when i went for the race in the end of 2021 and early 2022 i just felt really strong bro like i had no uh, post race pain nothing I was like, 
Fuck this like magic. Yeah, that's fascinating. Because yeah. like I think you know, as someone who hasn't done it, I think the opposite where you put the sandals on and you know you'd be cutting your feet and it'd be painful and you'd be wincing, but it seems like the complete opposite. Like we do go back to that like primate species which we were evolved to do and it eliminates some of that stress and pain that you would normally feel post-race. Is it, how significant is it, as in usually post-race, if you were wearing shoes versus now, like what's the pain difference? Is it really magical and extraordinary? It's a subtle difference, but you feel it every time. So usually when you get used to wearing shoes and you race and everything, uh, I think after a point of time, you don't feel much difference because you're like, okay, my body is kind of strong enough. With these sandals, when I train, so I just use them for training. I don't go into a race with the sandals because I, I really want to be carefree, right? With the sandals, when, whenever I'm running and training, I have to be really careful. So, which is also good, right? Because I'm, I'm calculating every step that I'm taking and at the same time, I want to let it go. So there is this struggle where I'm, controlling but i want to let it go and that's the sweet spot that's where i feel that i'm under that inertia where i want to keep moving and i'm really mindful about every step that i take with those sandals especially in the mountains when you have sharp rocks roots and uh, you know the terrain keeps changing so i can feel everything under my feet every small change in the ground so for me that's also a wonderful experience because when i'm in the mountains for three four hours running uh I switch off my phone and uh, you know for for me that time is like so precious right so when I connect with the nature and with myself and because of that your muscles get really strong so when you go into the race with the shoes you feel like a superhero I can imagine and I suppose you're in the flow state right if you're having to focus on the ground and everything <clears throat> and really take it step by step and you don't have those distractions like music or a phone like you can really just be present and that sounds like almost blissful for those like three or four hours. Yeah. Is that how you describe yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I look forward to every weekend. I mean, I haven't been running right now with lots of work, <clears throat> but at the end of 2021 and start of 2022, I did a lot of running with sandals. And I mean, also the part is that I kind of like it when people are like, hey, what are you wearing? <laughs> and then... I feel I'll get that same feeling as a kid, you know, when I'm sharing this excitement with people that, hey, I think you should be buying this shoe if you want to get, you know, stronger. And it works, but you just have to kind of ease into it, mm. you know. What do you advise is in, do you like walk to begin with or do you only run a small <coughs> distance? How do you advise, I guess, tiptoeing into sandal racing? Mm. So what I did after consulting some of my friends who use sandals, they said that I... Um, two to three times a week, you should just go for a long brisk walk with the sandals and kind of just get used to that feeling of freedom, right? There is, There are no borders, your toes are exposed. And for I think for some of the people, that's a very scary feeling that shit, if I run, if I hit my toe on the, you know, on some part of the road or something, it's gonna, so you just get used to it. And after two weeks of that, you start running, but at a very slow pace, which is a mixture of running and walking. So maybe you run, say, 100, 200 meters, then you walk for another 100 meters. Trust me, bro. Even if you do that much, your calf are going to scream up in pain. Like, ah, it's so hard. And then you slowly, gradually increase the distance. All right, I see. How long have you done this for then? Is it since the end of 2020, 2021? End of 2021. End of 2021, damn. This might sound a bit, a bit far-fetched, but I'll still pose it. Has it, it's obviously changed how you run. <clears throat> has it changed anything else as in how you do your other practices like i know you're into your martial arts or at least you were from our last yeah, discussion and yeah. I, I know your trainer has it changed any of those practices at all uh it just made me more aware of my how do you say the angle of the body how i'm uh, alignment actually more mm. into the alignment so i think after using sandals for a bit because it's flat right there is no heel lift and usually in the shoes, we always have that heel lift that kind of pushes you slightly forward. Uh, so with that, I can feel that I'm much, much stronger. So when it comes to weight training, when it comes to lifting, uh, when it comes to you know day-to-day -day activity, I just feel much, much stronger, especially from the lower body. Mm -hmm. So it just improves your alignment also at the same time. 
when we use the word like alignment, I'm thinking also about like a few things are cropping up. A lot mm. of jargon. So we're talking sandals. We're talking alignment. <coughs> we're talking primate. It's going into for me. It's just cropping up like a spiritual realm. Is that something you've also explored, like with the physical, the spiritual side as well? Going running in sandals. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, yeah. of course, because I'm from India. So for us, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I think that ex- aspect is. I think it's very personal to people, spiritual or non-spiritual. Some people call it spiritual. Some people call it zoning out or zoning in. Some for some people, that's like that ultimate goal that they look every time that they go for a certain training or run. For me, I think using these sandals and uh, again, I'm not promoting, you know, these sandals. If you want to use it, you can try. But for me, it really brought out that joy that I find in running, which I don't have it on on a normal day. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's something very special when I wear those sandals and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna take it easy, but at the same time, I'm gonna have fun. And then you're just getting mindful at every step. So yeah, it brings out that kind of inner, like I'd say, childlike state. <coughs> not childish, because I feel like that's not a great connotation. But childlike when it's almost like getting a toy. I, I'm kind of getting in that sense where yeah, you yeah. get your new toy. No, or, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of excited because I mean, in in a different sense, I also feel that. If I can do it, and if somebody asks me, "Hey, what are you wearing?" You know, can I ask? I feel happy. I feel proud that this is something which is good. It's not like that you're going out drinking and then you're telling everyone that you should drink. You should drink. You should. Of course, everybody should drink when they want to drink. <laughs> but when it comes to health and fitness, since I work in this industry, for me, if I experience something new that makes me stronger, and I'm happy to share with everyone. So uh, I th- I think I remember first time when I went to the mountains with uh, with these sandals and then <laughs> group of uh, trail runners they were looking at uh, in my bag they're like so you got no shoes like are you gonna run with these <laughs> they're like really I'm like yeah well, uh, I'm gonna try and then I finished my run and then when I came back they were like no you are not joking you were wearing these and I'm like yeah. Yeah. So uh, next thing you know, some of them they bought the sandals, and they, I mean they also fall in, fell in love with these. It must be so. such a good feeling knowing that like you just doing that, people might initially think, "Fuck's that," but then after a exactly. while, exactly yeah. like in Thaudian, when I run every now and then with these sandals, I get those stares from everyone that what the hell is he doing, and I think for me that's like. I'm just gonna keep on doing it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's working for you clearly, and it's yeah. clearly something you're enjoying yeah. and keep going with. How m- many races have you done now with the sandals? With the sandals, none, because I use them for training. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I train uh, a lot. Like when I train outside the gym, because inside the gym we are not allowed to use sandals for. I mean, you shouldn't have open footwear, right? Mm. But with the sandals, I run outside, and then I do some calisthenics outside. So yeah. Right, excellent. In terms of like your overall routine, then how? What else have you been doing, kind of in twenty twenty two? We've been talking about <coughs> racing. In terms of, we've obviously in twenty twenty two got, I say, back to normal with some kind of kind of hasn't really been in too many lockdowns or any any kind of restrictions. <laughs> what kind of uh, things have you been up to then with your training alongside the sandals and the racing? Do you mind telling me more? Yeah. So um, basically, when we started to go back into operation with uh, our classes and everything because uh, my work is more into group classes we had to face a lot of restrictions in terms of the total number of people in the studio right so we had this uh, guidelines from the government that you cannot have so many people in the studio and then we had to reduce the class timings that means we had to run more classes for the people so that everybody gets a fair share of classes right so that was early actually late 2021 early 2022 when we were doing extra classes and uh, after that i think uh, when we did we did some auditions auditions means to hire new staff who would like to become instructors so uh, i'm also part of the committee that hires new people and then we kind of recommend them to the hr and hr does the rest of the stuff right so we were quite busy with that we were not hiring anybody for almost 2 3 years and then now we have 50 new staff and then training the new staff and then designating them to different programs because uh, in group class group exercise we have almost more than 40 different programs 
40 different style of programs so which is divided into subcategories which is like strength training cardio training core training dance and then cycling and and, and flexibility right so every segment has different kind of programs so imagine getting all these people and everybody wants to learn two three different programs and then sending them to there and then all the paperwork with it so I mean in a broad scenario it, it seems that gymming is not that hard and that's what I thought I mean 10 years back I was 10 12 years back I was like yeah, working in a gym is gonna be easy <laughs> you just go in could you just go out and then you start to learn that no it's more than that you have to learn how to use excel files i had no idea earlier how to use these files and then you know you start working with the paperwork and then you realize that it's it's so deep it's so deep so that's what be keeping me busy yeah. and then my own races and the schedule and then sleep and i was ignoring i think my sleep a lot in early 2022 so that also had an effect on me where i was uh, you know not being able to concentrate at work and at plans so now i'm kind of you know pulling back from the work so towards the mid of this year i gave back some of my classes and mm. i said sorry my body is not able to handle anymore yeah i think that's a wise <coughs> move and i think it's brave to just say yeah listen like my body's not taking it and to really prioritize sleep are you familiar with matthew walker no and um, he's a i think I'm not sure, a sleep expert, but there's like a, he has an official title. That's kind of what I know him as. And I've been watching a lot of his videos, and it really struck me that a lot of these principles of sleep being non-negotiable and what happens to your body when you don't get enough, where we often say, oh, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead, or it means I can do more <coughs> if I don't sleep. Yeah. You know, all these kind of things. And he debunks all of those myths in a way that really shook me, where I thought, fuck, I have like occasionally thought oh i can only do with three hours tonight i'll be fine but it really hit me i mean oh, we can yeah. but it's not long lasting exactly yeah yeah it's not good over time and just seeing like what happens to your rem sleep and what happens when you don't get enough of it just how it affects your performance in all other areas really fucking hit me so what was yeah. the biggest takeaway from that biggest takeaway maybe like really take put it as a, like the the pillar of the foundation yeah. of kind of like before everything else like before you do the diets or the exercise or start a new kind of project in your business professional life look at your sleep because that will affect the rest of it and i kind of notice with my own life like with my podcast my teaching my diet if i don't sleep well the night before all of them crash down all of my relationships do as well it's just complete and utter chaos if i get three hours of poor sleep yeah so yeah, yeah. i notice that has to be the foundational pillar how many hours are you taking now? Seven. That's yeah. that's not bad. Seven that's regularly, good. yeah. Sometimes I go overboard though. That's the issue. Sometimes I do nine or ten. Because you enjoy that rest? Um, or? I think it's a bit... It's a strange one. I think you can oversleep. Going back to earlier, we no. talked about being busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Sometimes maybe it's worn me out. You know, if I need ten hours sleep, maybe I am being too busy in this regard. And it's also... I think I used to oversleep back when I did nothing, but when I did nothing, it's because I was going through a depression period, yeah. which when you're, I think that, that's actually a key symptom of depression, oversleeping. Oversleeping? Yeah, yeah, it's a huge one, where you don't want to do anything. And you still so, feel tired, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's rough, yeah, yeah. So imagine you, all you do is sleep, but you still feel tired. Now that's when it gets rough. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I think sleep being like the foundation was certainly a takeaway from Walker. Yeah. yeah. Kind yeah. of, and also caffeine as well. He he mentions that caffeine after eleven oh, no. a.m. Have you got caffeine? Is that coffee now? That's coffee. You're drinking coffee. I drink coffee all the time. Oh, wow. No, but I, okay. For me, I can drink coffee. I usually drink coffee after dinner. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I I can sleep. Like for me, it does not affect my sleep. Maybe on a microscopic level, it might. Mm. But on a feeling level. It just gives me, I don't know, I, I like the taste. Okay, that's interesting. Like, it's yeah. not to wake me up or when people say I need caffeine to wake me up. For me, caffeine does nothing oh, like that. That's interesting. Because, yeah, I think you said like ca coffee on the way in when we were sitting down. And I was like, did he say coffee now? Because just for me personally, but well, then bodies are different. If I have it after afternoon, screwed. No way, really? Yeah, I promise you. Yeah, yeah, sleep is just all over the show. I find myself like buzzing and the heart keeps going. Yeah, so only one in the morning. Well, the only thing that does that to me is pre-workout. Oh, really? Yeah, just pre-workout. Mm. 
but coffee uh, for me it's it's okay like it's black coffee with no sugar nothing yeah and this is what i keep sipping all day but i ne- i know that if you drink a lot of caffeine it dehydrates you so i also need to keep my check of water throughout yeah. yeah how do you, how many do you have a day how many cup of coffee are you, are you uh, sip it all day is it hard to measure is it everybody's going to know okay <laughs> you don't have to okay i'm just going to cut down the number only <laughs> Three cups? <laughs> Only the three? Okay. Only three. <laughs> Damn. Fair play. If I could, yeah. I would, because I love the taste. But you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But can you have the decaf one? Uh, possibly. But it possibly. doesn't have the taste, right? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I'm more of a tea guy anyway, as well, because you know, British, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned here about what you like having your sleep, having your gym, having time for your work. I'm wondering about time management because it's something that I've kind of pondered this year about working smarter and not harder necessarily. How do you manage your time? I know that's quite broad, but how does it work for you? So, I wasn't that good in time management and I think I'm still learning, but now I started using Google Calendar a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. So anything and everything that has to do with my with my commitment to people or with my commitment to my classes, anything that has to do with the commitment, it has to go on the google calendar at that very second so for me like if i say that let's go there on certain day as soon as it's confirmed i'm just going to stop everything i'll start putting it down so that is step number 1 for me all the time now uh, another step that i added on this that every day i have a bit of mindfulness session in the morning uh where as soon as i wake up in the morning i do my meditation for 5 minutes uh sometimes i want to do more 10 minutes but i think that's too much for me because then my m- mind starts to wander so 5 minutes i can really focus so i do my 5 minutes of mindfulness and immediately after that i took out like i open my phone and then i see what's the agenda for the day and in over my work desk because at my place we i have a place where which is like my office uh there is a whiteboard <clears throat> and i write down everything that needs to be done i don't prioritize it whatever it is on the calendar and then after looking at it for 2 3 minutes i'm like okay prioritize first second third fourth fifth sixth and this is something that i started doing after lockdown and that really worked for me mm, for that, me it worked i think lockdowns do help in kind of doing all these admin <laughs> tasks that previously you'd neglect yeah it like, resets <laughs> you right yeah yeah like previously <clears throat> if you said google calendar or prioritize lists i think yeah i'll do that one day but then in lockdown we had nothing else to do so i thought right let's <laughs> write down every single task and put them in that order yeah. yeah and it really strikes you like what you should be prioritizing as well like once you see the 1 2 3 you think <coughs> oh yeah if i do 1 2 3 4 5 and 6 might take care of itself in that kind of way yeah. it really helps you kind of structure and focus and i can't believe i went through life sometimes not doing this stuff to be honest with you really uh, yeah i used to just get up and go with the flow and well i didn't work out very well that's why i had to switch <laughs> it up <laughs> yeah but i think going with the flow it's almost like a cowboy move right mm you're like a cowboy yeah you're like yeah i'll i'll see how it goes right <laughs> but i genuinely feel most of us we are like more of a visual creatures like of course we use our minds but to get things done fast it has to be visually in front of you mm. that's that's what works for me if it is there to remind me in front of me in front of my eyes then it's very fast it, there is a big probability that i i'll end up doing it yeah if yeah. it is not in front of my eyes like out of sight out of mind then it's also hard for me to cut no reminding myself because right now i think for everyone else including me and you we have a lot of commitments a lot on our plate right so how does the mind prioritize it mind goes with the flow of the day right but if we write it down and i think one of the thing that i was i learned during lockdown is this you need to prioritize on the big tasks the things that's going to take most of the time you cannot do it at the end of the day because end of the day you're going to get tired i mean th- that is going to happen anyways right so i pick up the bigger task at the at the start of the day and then also another thing i have a fixed schedule to wake up every morning like no matter what time i sleep and that's also where i lack sleep sometimes but it puts me at the right place because that 5 minute of mindfulness and that 2 3 minute of writing down the task and then before i start my work 
um, because my classes usually start around 8 30 9 a.m in the morning so i have this small window of 30 35 40 minutes where i get a lot of admin work done early morning early morning i enjoy my coffee my cats are there they're chilling i feed them and then i just do my admin work really quick and then go for the class come back and then i know that it at least 50 percent of my job is done for the day yeah i love that i love that idea of kind of working out exactly what needs to be done <coughs> and doing it at a certain time where for example doesn't matter what time you sleep if you still have know that by let's just say 7 a.m you've done this admin you've done your mindfulness you've done the big task you know then the rest of the day takes care of itself and it removes all of that frazzle when you just do the cowboy <laughs> like going slow <laughs> and just seeing how it goes and it just but, yeah. but that's good no it keeps you on the edge mm, it depends it depends <laughs> i think sometimes yeah sometimes if you're a bit lacking direction but maybe not all of the time and also the the dopamine you know if you have all your yeah. list like that and i love using a highlighter and just Oh yeah, yeah, that's so good, right? Yeah, Every yeah. time you cross it off and then you're like, ah, it's done. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you that high, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful feeling. <coughs> when I used to work gardening with my dad years ago, he used to do it and I used to love just watching it happen. I thought when I get older that's just my that's my trick. Just really like how? Like he used to write down the task? Yeah, um, he'd write down all the list of jobs he'd have to do. So he'd have, let's say, five gardens to do and he'd just <laughs> highlight really? them all when they're done. Yeah, yeah. And I'd watch and think, okay. This is like beautiful. I used to ask, I used to, can I do it for you? And just, yeah, take them off. Yeah, something sweet about it. What I also love you mentioning regarding your morning routine is the mindfulness where you say like five minutes and then my mind will wander. I love this because do, at least you do it anyway. And I read the book, The Four Agreements, Always Do Your Best is, I believe, number three. And if five minutes is like your best and you're completely fine with that, do it. A lot of people will say, oh, you should do half an hour of meditation or an hour and... You know, that initially puts people off, but five minutes, you know, everyone can spare five minutes. I yeah. mean, I would love to in an <laughs> ideal world, <laughs> right? But with all the work and everything, I mean, again, I don't speak for anybody else, but for me, my work, like on a daily basis, it's quite stressful. So if I don't do that five minutes, and if I just think, uh, if it is not half an hour, I'm not going to do it, then I'm not going to get anything done. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. We also spoke last time, back in December, about people, I suppose, and managing yeah. people. Yeah. And there's now 15 new members of staff, and it's all a bit, <coughs> a bit crazy. How have you been dealing with like all of the new people? Because last time we spoke, I think both of us are more on the introvert side of things. Yeah. How have you managed that, connecting with all of these new characters? Uh, I think, okay, as a person, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. I think we discussed this last time, right? But because my job, I need to be an extrovert. So I'm able to switch that. I think now is slightly more better than previously. So before it was like I had my hardships, like where I was like finding it difficult to communicate with people because I have to speak to a group. And then I'm like, oh shit, you know, I need to speak to a group of people who never heard me before and I don't know if they're going to follow me or not but I think over the course of time your job also kind of trains you right so your job kind of trains you that this is what you need to speak this is where you need to draw the line this is if you speak this much they will pay attention if you go over that they will not pay attention so uh, it's about learning people right learning about people so that helped me a lot and now because we had this new set of people uh, I knew exactly how I need to talk to these guys and because also the fact is I'm working with a lot of youngsters, like let's say uh, I'm 85 born, right? And a lot of our staff that we hire, uh, most of them, they are 20 years old or uh, just out of the college or they're, they're, they're doing this part-time, but they're also studying. So it's a good thing because it gives me a perspective of how the younger generation is and uh, how you need to talk to them so now the i think when i was 20 21 i wanted my manager to talk to me a bit like a friend but more like an older brother mm. and that's what i do i mean i'm very chilled out i talk to them very nicely i make jokes with them i get involved in their jokes uh, if they say something which is out of my understanding and i'm like i don't know what the hell are you talking about and i ask them and i'm like Tell me, like, I want to be part of this, you know, mm. involve me in all this craziness. But at the same time, I need this job to be done. 
So once you're done with this, then we can have fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think there has to be that balance <coughs> of kind of firm but fair kind of approach. Yeah. And also like understanding them and they can learn more or if not the same amount from you like you've been in the game a long time and you have that kind of experience i think six years in vietnam for you now as well yeah, yeah almost so, six almost six yeah so not only vietnam but also like the gym and whatnot they'll also learn the lessons i suppose from i don't want to say your generation but i suppose it is <laughs> 20 and you're 85 like your generation i'm sure it can like what's your year of birth my year of birth 1997 no way yeah when you said 85 i was like so I was calculating in my head mentally what that means. So yeah, and that that's pretty old actually. Yeah. My my younger brother is 1992. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's strange. I, for some reason, I thought you were four years older than me. Yeah, I don't know why. I literally thought that from yeah. Exercise, bro. Yeah, exercise. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exercise, <laughs> and maybe the language is also right because I work with so many youngsters, so I have to kind of learn how they speak, how they talk, yeah. or I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to give reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be exercise. Yeah, yeah. rumor sandals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the rumors are if you wear sandals, you look younger. <laughs> Amazing man. Yeah. One thing I do want to touch upon, it's kind of away from this. It's what I saw um, just from following you, which we do on social media, <coughs> that you went home for a bit. Yeah. And back when I say home, I mean India, and I've not been home yet since on my Vietnam journey. Oh wow. In three years and three months. So I'm. I'm interested in asking as many people as possible, just because I don't know what it's going to be like. And I'm really curious, what was it like for you? Well, few things I expected already that is going to happen, like no matter what is going to happen. <laughs> and there are a few things which kind of surprised me. I'm like, hmm, okay, this is good. So few things that I expected is going to happen. Number one is going to be madness. India, if you haven't been there or if anybody who's been there, you know that India, you cannot expect anything and everything's going to happen at the same time. It's madness. It's complete madness. So at Saigon Airport, I already started feeling, you know, that, that Indian vibe that you start to get. And then I was surrounded by a lot of uh, my fellow countrymates. And then I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I feel part of them, but at the same time, I don't feel that I'm that much Indian in a way, because of course, when you live outside the country for so many years, then you have, you know, you have this, you know, part of different countries, different generations coming out together. So you're not just with your own people, you're with so many people like you, I meet you, I meet somebody else. And then you gather the right things from each other, right? You learn the good things. Oh, you know, your culture is this, so I'm going to learn this from you. So when I was there, then I'm like, I feel different, like there is something that is different. And then when I sat in the plane, uh, <clears throat> I was flying business class, not because I want to, but there was a really good deal, Vietjet. Then I'm like, hmm, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. And then I took that and then, uh, so something that I expected always happens in India, uh, most of the times it happens in India. When people fly economy on a long haul flight, they would try to sneak into business class. Right. I don't know if it happens in your country. I think it is a bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. They say that, oh, that seat is free. Can I go there? Can I sit there? Or they don't even ask. They just sit there, right? So there was me, this, uh, this guy sitting next to me, and then the whole business class was kind of empty. And when you say Vietjet flight, there is no bigger separation, just a blanket, right? Just a cover. So you just cover it out and go in. And then I saw some of my you know, fellow countrymates just coming in, they're sitting there, relaxing, easing out. And then the, the air hostess and the flight crew, they had kept telling these guys, can you please go back? No, you cannot sit here. Then they were like, okay, you want to sit, you have to pay. Then when they ask, okay, how much is the money? And when the people tell them that this is what you have to pay, and then they're like, no, too expensive. Then I go back. So I expected it's going to happen in the flight. Then at the airport, funny really funny incident happened i went to the cust uh, sorry immigration and there was this lady at the immigration she looked at me she saw my passport she's like it's a very personal question though she asked me so why were you away from india for so long you don't miss your home i'm like excuse me like what what, what do you want to ask she's like why why didn't didn't you come back and i'm like there was lockdown She's like, and before, before you couldn't come back. And then I'm like, ma'am, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. If everything is okay, just stamp it. I need to go home. So, but that's also India. 
it gets really personal so mm-hmm. is but in, not in a bad way because as part of our culture we you know we try to be very personal with everyone so we would ask you some kind of details like in vietnam right when you come to vietnam they like are you married are you single yeah. do you have kid do you have wife where do you live how much money you make and for me that's a very personal information right i wouldn't ask you you wouldn't ask me unless we are very good friends or you know we are in in a family and within family people won't ask so another thing that i expected as soon as i go back because i'm coming back to india after a long time a lot of relatives will start asking so when are you getting married and da 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 da, da how much money you're making you're living outside when do you plan to come back leave everything come back and i'm like no i'm not going to leave everything and come back i have a good life there so that is one thing what surprised me that in india right now we have uh, something which is similar to like momo or online payment so now it's going cashless so even if you buy something from you let's say uh, from a street vendor he has this barcode you just scan and just pay him like that <laughs> yeah? yeah i was really surprised like uh, it's like i bought fruits from a guy who sells it on the street on a cart right and i said how much he just gives me that barcode and it's like just scan and just pay me through it How long have you been, how long was your last visit sorry in India? Nah. 6 days. Sorry? 6 days that's it. Oh, no, I mean sorry from when you went this year to oh. before, was it 3 years? 3 and a half years. 3 and a half years cool. Yeah. Mine became like similar. You. Yeah. yeah. And you only went back for 6 days. Just 6 days. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people <coughs> would say like only 6 days, but I think a lot of the times traveling 6 days is enough. Like I think when I go home 6 days would be enough to be honest with you because I I kind of know what to expect from home in a way, but I'd, I also would get the surprises because I'm not sure about you. I know where people are going to be, where people, which bars people will be in, which restaurants people will be in, who will be working where, who will be sat here. I kind of know that in my mind already, so mm. I know that that will happen when I go back, mm. and like I'll know things like your economy class story. Mm. But I'll also wonder about things like you've just mentioned, like what kind of shops have made this new kind of transition and. I feel like 6 days would certainly be enough. Did you get that feeling there? Were you were you I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Were you glad to come back to Vietnam or were you yearning for a bit more time in India or neither? In a way, yes. In a way, towards the end of 5th day or 6th day, I was just glad that I'm on a flight and, you know, I have a flight then then I'm coming back. And also because this is my life, you know. This is most of us when we leave us, you know, when we leave our country, to you know to create a career outside the country and you start to establish your own lifestyle or you have your own set of things that you do on a daily basis right mm. so when you're out of it those 5 6 days i i had fun because i met my grandmother i didn't see her for a very long time and they all live in different parts of the parts of india so when i came to delhi from delhi i went to imphal which is a different part and then came back to delhi and then i had some work at the bank back and forth so i mean in a nutshell those 6 days went really fast but i was also it's i, I don't know if my mother is going <laughs> to serious or not or my dad is going to listen or not but i was also kind of glad in a way that okay it's done it's a task for me and i will be back again and then maybe next time when i come back things will be a little bit more relaxed mm. you know also because three and a half years if, like my family members i feel that they are very loving and they just want you 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 and then do this do this eat this eat this eat that and i think when i come back again now after a few months uh, i'll do another short visit five six days and i think it will be more relaxed then mm. they will be like ah oh, yeah he's here we don't care <laughs> i like i like i that. want that yeah yeah same actually because <coughs> the first one because it's been so long there's like the hype and the pressure and the expectation and like you 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 and everyone will want a piece of you everyone I've spoken to has said it's been exhausting because everyone's saying oh let's catch up let's catch up and you only have a certain amount of energy to give uh, but the second time like it's more normal so they're like oh he's back cool so like, i did not post anything when i was in india mm. nada zero like zero posting when i was there i was like really low profile i was meeting my friends some handful of friends who understood why i'm there and i said bro i'm going to meet you but you promise me not to post anything when i'm gone whatever you want but when i'm there please don't so i did the same thing and then 
on the way to Vietnam on the flight I posted everything then I said bye bye. <laughs> yeah, you're like I can say yeah. it. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I like that I actually <coughs> had a dream slash nightmare once that this is really bizarre that I've had three nightmares since I've been in Vietnam about going home, which is really interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah, it makes me think I'm, I'm not ready to go home yet. Which it's interesting that I've had three nightmares. So it's all telling what me something. What were those? Like you remember? Uh, I only remember the bits where I woke up in England and regretted it. <laughs> As in I thought shit, why have I come back? But they were all during the lockdown, so there was the fact, the nightmare was I couldn't come back to Vietnam. Now, somehow, if in the universe I ended up back in England and wanted to come back, I could. But on one of the nightmares, I came back and I was going to surprise everyone. But as I'm around the corner from my house, I think, shit, this is a stupid idea, so I'm going back to Vietnam. So in, in the nightmare, I've flown all the way back, got about 400 meter walking distance, and then yeah. regretted it, so I'm flying back to Vietnam. But on my way back to the tram to get the airport, to get the flight to Vietnam, I see a load of my friends. And they're all like, oh my God, you're home. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> have to go back now because everyone's like gonna know I'm here. So it's interesting you mentioned about keeping it low profile. I'll probably do the same. I think only yeah. t- 10 people will know that I'm back because otherwise yeah. it's just gonna be mayhem. And people that, for example, a lot of my other friends said they'd see like their old high school friends or someone that they met at a party five years ago being like, oh, get, let's meet up for drinks and let's get drunk. And you, they're expecting you to get drunk with them because it's not been like three or four years and you're like, not got that much energy i can't no. see everyone you know i'll no. keep a low profile too that's no. the way yeah and i think i did something similar a couple of years back when i invited my friends from different groups at one place uh. bad idea mm. bad idea because then again everybody and i i think it would be you know you know different if you turn the tables and if somebody's gone and that person comes back and you really want to talk to that friend and then he says that you know let's just all of us gather first of all you won't feel special and also at the same time you just then everybody wants to talk to you and then you know you don't know how these two entities will yeah. mix up so i made that mistake couple of years back but at the same time right now when i when i met few friends i also end up you know having a bit of an issue with some of other friends who saw and then like you came but you did not meet so it's okay no need to talk to me anymore <laughs> Damn, man <laughs> yeah literally like that yeah it's almost like that list we were talking about earlier where you have to like get out and be like one two three four five like prioritizing it might, yeah. ha- it might have to be like yeah. that yeah so i think when you go back home you might also face a bit of backlash for some of the friends who would yeah. be like yeah. it's okay no need to be friends don't need to talk to me yeah. but then how would you make them understand that i'm here for only five six days and this is but then again how would you make them understand that on the priority level they are not that <coughs> they're I don't, not I don't know how i'm gonna do it I, I like the fact you've mentioned this about um bringing different groups together i've done it also before and i found it very fragmented where you can't possibly give all of your attention to one person, right? You have to like give a bit of you to everyone, and no one's really happy because they only got like the tiniest bit. And then you're still exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was fucking shattered by the end of it. Yeah, I remember the last one I did, and I was absolutely gone, like absolutely gone by the end of it. And I actually took it out of me for about two days because I tried with so many people, but I could only get like three minutes each, really, of proper connection because I was too busy. Like, hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Right, let me talk to them, and then no one was happy. So that's a good idea. Just keep it keep it concise just keep it concise concise. or give them promises and say that why don't you come here so that's what i did with some of the friends who who i did not actually had time to meet in india i said hey why don't you come to vietnam let me show you around nice places or if you don't want to give that commitment i also gave a commitment where i said it's an honest commitment right i said hey why don't you think about coming to vietnam let me you know let me make a plan for you tell me how many days you're gonna come promise me you're gonna have fun and we can also catch up in vietnam so, there you go. I'm promoting Vietnam. <laughs> there you go, friends. <coughs> that takes a lot of energy, though. It does. Yeah, and I, like as an introvert, like that, it kind of. I'm getting the shudders as I'm thinking about making all these plans for people. Like, fuck, that's a lot. Like, how how do you manage that, or, or do you? I guess that's my work. As a, I mean, as I said, that my work is being an extrovert. Mm. Um, in my personal space, I'm an introvert. I don't try to share a lot. But then again, when it comes to work, and that's why I'm so much active on social media, if it had been me, if I wasn't doing this job, you wouldn't see much from me on social media. I wouldn't post anything. But then again, it's work. I enjoy it, but at the same time, I feel it's quite stressful because as per the plan, I need to post this on this day, that on that day, now stories, now post, now this. So 
yeah, just kind of the, pe <coughs> the peaks and troughs bring them together and hopefully it works. So I'm dancing with it as much as I can dance and one day when I get really tired then I'll say okay, no yeah, more. Yeah, enough. <laughs> Before we get to the end of the conversation, I guess it's almost a case of, we've talked about 2022, like not all of it of course, we could be here like all night, but 2023 is going to come around pretty soon. Like what's on the horizon for you there? Is it more of sandals, <laughs> more of your work? What's next? More antisocial. More antisocial. <laughs> Less people, enough. I don't know if it is with you. Uh, have you felt something similar? But when the lockdown was lifted and when we had this influx of lot of people in Vietnam, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. What's happening? Why so many people at one place? Why do you have so many people sitting at this bar? Why at this coffee shop? I have to stand in line before it was like, okay. I don't know. I feel that maybe it's also the age thing I've I think I've become a bit antisocial like mm. on a personal level I feel that on 2023 it might it might get slightly better because again we are in a lot of stress right first there was no work now there's work 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 so I guess by the time it's 2023 they we might be able to find a better balance in life yeah like sometimes when I see people just like 18 19 years old being really happy with everything in life then I'm like why are we so happy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? Yeah. I don't know if you felt something similar or not because you teach, right? I do. I do. <coughs> yeah, I found, I found like the influx of people a bit exhausting at times. Where I, I guess if just how quickly it happened, where we were used to, I suppose, Vietnam and COVID, and it was, you know, compared to now, fairly relaxed. And then suddenly, by Vietnamese standards, relaxed. And then suddenly there was this just influx, and I thought, fuck. Like similar to you, like coffee shops suddenly are flowing going down the street and there were just tourists everywhere. I thought, this is just, it is a bit overwhelming. It but, is. Yeah. And also after the lockdown, the social aspects, because in lockdown, you're not doing anything, of course. Then suddenly like going to four out, or even going for, to meet four people four days in a row, even if it was just an hour coffee, it was a bit of a head fuck. I'd have to like gene myself up for it because I was so used to being antisocial. And I suppose it's taught me to be when I was in lockdown, I said, I will never turn down a night out again. I will never, ever, like, say no to drinks. Did you? Yeah, that's what I said to That myself. was your promise yeah, to yourself? that was my promise to myself. And then I realized when we got out of lockdown, <coughs> that was stupid. Because you have to be selective with saying yes and no. Because, like, for me, sometimes socializing, it can, it can drain my energy. Sometimes it can energize me. And I think it is great to meet people that are similar to you. But sometimes it can take it out of you. You know what I mean? It drains me. <laughs> It, it drains me every time that I socialize with more than two, three people, it drains me because I guess we have different categories of people when they meet in a social structure, right? Some of us who want to balance everything, some of us, we want to make sure that everyone is happy, everyone is okay. So I think I'm around those level where, uh, where I just want to make sure everyone is okay. So that also makes me take care, you know, that I want to take care of everybody there and that's what exhausts me. But yeah, I mean, night outs, I actually did one night out after a long, long time and that exhausted me on uh, on 31st, uh, 30th actually, Saturday night. Okay. Oh my God. Drinking, I don't drink that much and then uh, me and my friends, we went for some dinner and at dinner, like around 7 p.m., I just started to fall asleep and my friends are like, what's happening with you? And I'm like, I'm not used to it. Like at this time on Saturday, I, I'm at home watching TV, you know, chilling by myself. And then we went out for drinks and then went to another place for drink. Then I'm like, can I just go home, please, guys? I'm, I'm really tired. They're like, yeah, just one more drink, just one more drink. And then it's around 1 a.m. in the morning, right? So I was like, okay, this is done for next one month. No more socializing. Yeah. It just gets to a point sometimes when you've had so much of it and like, you know, I feel like I sound really old here, but when you've done, when you do, you're not old, yeah, come on. Yeah, well, I'm starting to get gray hair, so maybe I'm slightly, yeah. But that's a sign of uh, being smart. Or maybe thinking a lot. But that's what they say in India. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah. I was about to counter it with, oh no, maybe I've been thinking a lot, but I'll take your answer, that's better. <laughs> but with that, like when you're doing it for so long, like socializing, say when you've not for so long and then you suddenly go all out into it, it's like with anything. It's like if you don't, you know, you don't run for four months and then suddenly you go for a 10K, like it's going to exhaust you. Yeah, it yeah. will. And uh, also the, the another thing that is exhausting is just how the I mean, mm. we've been here for 
quite some time, right? Yeah. Thaudin as a as a place in Ho Chi Minh City, it's it's like a small village, isn't it? Yeah. It's like chilled out, relaxed village, laid back. And now since the lockdown opened, you see so many new people around here. And also what stresses me recently is that the people are driving, the way that people are driving is pure madness. And these are not the regular people who live here like you and me. These are the new people who just came, right? And they're driving like two weeks back. I almost had an accident with somebody who just banged into the bike. And then I was like, oh my God, again, but tourists. I know what you mean. Yeah it's, yeah, it's almost like that's completely like different kind of energy which has just come in of like exploring Saigon and seeing everything and you think, oh, I've already done that but three years ago. It's weird. Yeah. I'm trying to like kind of empathize but it's tough. I, I kind of do, don't want to be a grumpy old man but sometimes I think, damn, there's tourists. <laughs> it, do, it does kind of <laughs> really? my mind. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's kind of... But do you consider more yourself, uh, more of yourself as, uh, let's say, not Vietnamese Vietnamese but somebody who is part of Saigon now or you feel you still feel a part of you is more like a tourist um, Be because if you say damn you tourist yeah 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 no, just, I'd say I'm like a, I try and be a tourist I know that's a contradictory contradiction I know yeah. it's a huge contradiction but yeah. I still try and be a tourist in Saigon because I, I, I know that I'm only here for a finite period I'm leaving in June so I'm kind of aware of this and I, I don't want to be the person who does the same old shit and goes to the same bar every day and the same restaurant. I want to go to like random spots in District 6 and District 8 and District 10, which is what I do. But I also do like the Taudian bubble, shall we say. So I try I try and balance it accordingly. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's trying to balance that thing of being like a Saigon expert <coughs> versus trying to be a tourist. Because you can easily move country, but do yeah. the same old thing. Like earlier in the conversation, I alluded to people who do the same old thing day after day in their hometown. Yet yeah, you can easily move country, but still be that person. You can still do the same old thing day yeah, after day. Yeah. I don't want to be that ever, to be honest with you. I was my first year, realized I shouldn't do it again. So I try and keep freshening it up, have like a tourist mindset without the crazy driving. So you still sense. keep exploring, but mm -hmm. you'll still have a part of you which is following the same schedule, a mm -hmm. small part of you? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Like I've lived in, the, I don't think I'll live outside of Tao Dien. Tao Dien's like, I think I've settled here. It's a deep well. place. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's like my base for home. But I also do like doing different things and hanging with different people. Yeah. So like I'll go and play board games in a cafe in D6 and then I'll go and like have drinks in D1 or then I'll go and like have a coffee in D7. I'll switch. I'll try and switch it up because well, otherwise... That's exciting. Yeah, that's it is exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise I'd get bored as fuck. Just, if it was just Tau Dien, I'd get really bored. So there I, is, yeah. You think there is nothing much to do here, right? Um, I mean, in terms of let's say physical activity like mm, you can do rock climbing rock climbing cast, okay. yeah, or cast. jump climbing what's it called jump. Ah, jump arena yeah yeah there we go yeah yeah but these are the only two there is no yeah. pool or snooker bar here uh there's a vita there's a vita just next to next here that's a pool place really yeah, yeah. i didn't know yeah man and you can go to, i was about to say you could go to butter bar but <laughs> yeah. That place <laughs> shall not be named. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, do you remember when it was the Wuhan bar? Do you remember that? But they changed the name now. Oh yeah, it's the, I can't actually. I don't actually know the name now. Yeah. And then next to it, there is a. I saw actually the sign of this place called Let's Drunk, and yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of like what English is this? Like my mind is. I've I'm, I'm still not been, but yeah, yeah. Let's drunk. Let's drunk. Yeah. Uh, either you say let's drink or get drunk or something like this. That matches, let's right? Let's drunk. I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, Tao Dien is where it's at for now, and yeah, I've enjoyed catching up with you, man. It's been Same yeah, yeah, eleven months as we've said, and I look forward to the next one. I, yeah. I will be leaving Saigon in June, but but hopefully. what do you want to do now? Like, do you have anything in your mind that what you're going to do in June? In after, June, after you leave, any I'll, next destination? Any next destination? It's still all up in the air, but I'm quite <coughs> excited by it. It's in that kind of prelim stages where there's a few possible destinations and a few possible avenues. And I'm just really excited to see what the next step is. I may end up in the future coming back here because I love it here, to be honest with you. It's not that, it's not that I'm out falling out of love or anything. I just think time for a new chapter. I mean, Have you lived anywhere else? No, no. So Saigon was the first place? Saigon was the first place, yeah. I did a year after university <coughs> back at home. Thought, fuck this. <laughs> Let's move to Asia. So yeah. moved to Saigon and it's been my home ever since. And so. what other places 
like you're thinking about crossing my mind mexico's crossing my mind quite strongly mm-hmm. yeah. some of my friends went there actually 2021 yeah they, from saigon yeah and they're loving jumped. it there yeah exactly yeah so i might i might jump ship too that seems like the most likely one for now but see we'll see it'll be interesting when i revisit this conversation in a few months and go oh yeah it was mexico or it could be spain or it could be australia or it could be france somewhere in asia yeah. no i don't think so not for now i think asia i've kind of covered everything yeah kind of kind of yeah yeah i've explored it shall we say yeah for now yeah but did you had a chance to go to other countries like when you mm. were here in vietnam i've done singapore and bali my plan okay. is to do thailand cambodia laos philippines malaysia japan and korea all in one go uh not quite <laughs> little, little trips yeah no you need money you need to keep it all yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the plan moving on but yeah i'm glad we've caught up again i wish you yeah. all the best in 2023 and keep the sandals yeah. <laughs> keep running with the sandals and keep going man thank you so much i mean this was a long overdue so yeah very good though thank you very much man yeah. thank you so much bro